Good morning, everybody. We are here on a beautiful Wednesday morning, the 15th. I'm joined with Parker. Hello, I am Parker Gillette. This is Anthony. And I'm Anthony. We're joined with the Woohoo Crew. Woohoo! And today we'll be talking about Avengers Endgame and how it grossed with Will. Yes, I'm a guest. <laughs> Hi, my name is William Clavin. Um, I have an article coming in from NBC News about how good Avengers Endgame did on opening night and opening week. Give us the tea on Avengers Endgame right now. Give you the tea? Okay, so Avengers Endgame rests at $357 million um, plus on the opening record, and uh, it did a lot. It did really good. It's like at the top of the charts. Okay, it didn't pass Avatar as uh, the greatest grossing movie of all time right now, but... It did really well. A lot of people went and saw it on opening night and are continuing to see it multiple times. I saw it like two times and I'm going to continue to see it more I and more. I have actually not seen the movie yet. Um, so let's keep spoilers to Yes, a there will be no spoilers here. Um, I actually have a friend who works at a uh, Regal. Uh, she is in uh, like a task manager or whatever. And she said that even like, like weeks before the movie came out, like they were getting like thousands of ticket sales like per day. Like oh, yeah per day they were i believe the 15th most busy regal in the country um so that's just ridiculous to me like first of all she came home and she fell asleep immediately after her like 18 hour shift or whatever um but like that's a lot that's a lot of people going to go see this movie yeah that sounds a lot like when i heard that tickets were on sale because of like an advertisement and i bought one luckily um for opening night it was like a fan event and I heard like later that day that the apps like crashed, like because so many people were trying to buy tickets. And I was like, oh, luckily I got, got luckily I got a ticket in time, you know. Um, I uh, like a couple weeks ago, I flew down to Alabama with someone that I met in the MCBS uh, program to go to this huge like party that he throws for Avengers Endgame. Um, he throws parties whenever a new Avenger movie comes out, and he's like the biggest fan I've ever seen, and it was like the most fun I've ever had. That's like right. I highly recommend like. Throwing themed parties for just anything is, like, a lot of fun. Was it, like, I can only imagine, like, the kid birthday plates and stuff. Oh, yeah. It, it was, like, like, everything was from, like, the dollar store. But they, <laughs> yeah. they made, like, like Nick Fury eye patches, which were, like, Oreos and, like, Pepper Pots, pepperoni <laughs> pizza slices. They were, like, like, bagel bites or something. And they had, like, I don't know. They, they had uh, Zarg nuts. And they were just, like, Chick-fil-A nuggets. Like, a huge bowl of Chick-fil-A nuggets. And it was, it was delicious. So, how much do you, money do you think they used to put on the production of Avengers Endgame? Well, they had a budget of three hundred fifty-six million dollars, and they made roughly uh, sixty million in sales on Thursday, and it was the biggest preview night in the U.S. box office ever. Wow, wow. that's pretty impressive. Yes, it's that's a lot. I uh, it kind of makes me wonder how much they spent on like their marketing sales and stuff, because uh, like you said, it's like there was twenty-two movies worth of buildup and everybody knew about this movie so how much did they actually have to advertise if everybody already knew you know so yeah. do you think they spent less money or do you think they spent more money i think most of the ads came from i saw a lot of ads on instagram youtube and twitter i didn't see any on tv and i don't watch tv that much but like i usually do and i didn't see any on tv that much um it's it's not its own standalone movie like infinity war was it's like a part two to infinity war right um, and I'm surprised it came out like as soon as it did because after Infinity War like two or three weeks after it was like the trailer the first trailer dropped and I was like already okay well, let's go let's jump into it yeah also I feel like 
what I saw some ads on Avengers Endgame was the Google Pixel ads. Mm-hmm. They were doing everything Avengers Endgame, and uh, they started. They used clips from Infinity War to promote Endgame, yes. so they didn't have to spoil nothing. And that was a big thing in the franchise. They didn't want to spoil nothing of the movie, so they used fake stuff for the yes. uh, ads and everything. So, do you know? Can you inform us yeah, more yeah. on that? So there's a couple things in the current trailers that are CG'd, and I'm not going to go into it because that'll be spoilers. Um, and then they did the same thing with Infinity War and a lot of the other previous movies. They usually CG things to trick the audience in their trailers. Um, a big thing that came out with the trailers of Endgame is they only used the first 20 minutes of the, the plot, and it was just they're like they lost everyone in Infinity War, and it's all super somber, and they're trying to figure a way to get everyone back and save the day. Um, uh, but a big a big portion of the advertisement is uh, the hashtag that Joe and Anthony Russo put out, uh, don't spoil Endgame, um, because this is such a big, such a big event for a lot of people. Um, and if you ruin a movie, you, you're just like the scum of the earth. And they made it, they had a, uh, a document with like their signatures, like an official document saying like don't spoil the Endgame, and they put it out on Twitter, and everything. Um, so there was someone that actually got beat up outside of a theater for spoiling Endgame for people that were coming in to see the next viewing afterwards. So people get really aggressive with movies like this. They're, they're very dedicated, and they would hate to get things spoiled for them because it's, it's a big deal. Like 22 movies, and then just all the way at the end, and someone spoils it for you. It's like Yeah, I saw this meme uh, on the interwebs, um, and it was this girl that spoiled, uh, spoiled the movie for her boyfriend, and he just straight up broke up with her. Like he I broke up with her. Thing. Yeah, like I, I genuinely think it. First of all, it's kind of cruel that she did that. Um, and second of all, like if you've been waiting for that long for this movie to come out, and somebody just comes up to you and they're like, "Here's the biggest spoiler I could possibly give you to ruin it for you," like you're not, you're taking away a like a moment in that movie where they they would have like fully connected and even like moved on like with the moments in the movie, and like you ruined it for them and. I just don't know how people are able to do that, especially for something that has had such a buildup and people have been in- anticipating yeah. for, like, years. Yeah, like, when I went to go see it on opening night, it was a fan event. So, like, everyone that went there is, like, the biggest Marvel fan ever. So, like, everyone was cheering and clapping and screaming and freaking out and crying, obviously. Like, I cried, like, seven times. My body was just, like, shaking the entire time. Like, I've never felt that way before. I was so excited. And, like, I stayed through the whole credits. It was amazing. Like, usually with movies, I don't stay through the credits, but with uh, Avengers movies, I do, because they're just the best. Yeah. Thanks again, Will, for coming. All right, now we have Ricky. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Thank you. How are you? I can't complain, you know. Came with some some information for you guys. We're excited to hear it. I hear you're here to talk to us a little bit about Elon Musk. Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with Elon Musk, I don't know how you're not, because he's one of the most brilliant people out here, uh, well, in my opinion. But uh, Elon Musk has... uh, unveiled his new like top secret uh, invention it's Neuralink so we will be linked with AI sometime in the future like in our brains yes uh That's so scary. <laughs> so he's been hinting at EI uh, not EI sorry he's been hinting at AI um since 2014 uh he has met with you know the US government and different government officials to warn about the potential dangers of AI uh, but uh, he recently came out and said that he is unveiling Neuralink. Um, he's working on it. it. It will be a way to link our brain to a tertiary form of consciousness. Basically, we'll have the cloud system interwoven uh, with our brains. So it's kind of creepy, um, but it's kind of uh, cool. Yeah, it is creepy. Interesting. 
Is it going to like store our memories? Are we going to take photos with our eyes? So like, think about having superhuman thinking. Um, it's like they they put this in. So the way they're going to do it, it's a chip. It's like a microchip. Mm-hmm. Um, he described it as a sewing machine type of um, procedure. So they'll they what they did with rats. They have uh, test rats. They drilled out a, p- a piece of their skull. Uh, they sewed in or sewed. How do you say it? Sorry. Implanted? Implanted. They implanted in uh, a microchip. In that microchip, they went ahead and connected it to a motherboard or a circuit board that recorded brain waves. Um, that's just the beginning. But the, the plan that they want to um, go forward with is basically you're going to have the computer at your fingertips. You can think about something and it automatically searches it uh, within the cloud system. So it's basically you can think about anything at any time. Um, it's kind of cool. I think I would like it. You know, you sit here, you're on a date maybe, and she asks a question. You don't really know what she's talking about, you know. On the fly, you just kind of think, oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, you know. Mm. But, uh, yeah. After some quick research in my brain right now that I did. And right now. <laughs> um, so he has a group of five scientists. Um, they're not officially well, they're kind of officially but unofficially linked to Neuralink. You know, since it's secret, they can't really confirm or deny. Um, but they have wrote a thesis paper. Uh, the thesis paper has not been reviewed by peers, and they have went ahead with test trials on the rats. So likely we won't get it anytime soon. But he did say he wanted to go ahead and unveil something by the end of 2019, basically like a prototype version. Um, so we can see what he actually puts together. So that's coming up pretty quickly. I wonder, like, I wonder what stages he had to go through to, like, come to, like, testing for actually putting these chips in the rat rat brains. Like, you think he was like, Google Glass, interesting. Now let's put Google Glass in the brain. I mean, in my, the way I think of it going, since he did meet with government officials and he did say, like, hey, this is pretty dangerous if we don't get ahead of it and we don't learn to use it the right way, then it can be something that potentially wipes out the human race. I feel like from there, he just started to figure out ways that we can tame AI. But he did recently say, uh, I'd say beginning of the year, that it's a little bit too late. AI is already out of control. So he said, if we can't beat them, join them. So we're just going to go ahead and join up with the AI. No, That's how Skynet happens, people. Yeah. That's how um, we get terminators. We're going like, full on cyborg here or that I recognize kind that, of that whole right there just reminded me of this game, like the whole campaign of Black Ops Three, like that's basically <laughs> what it is. Like everybody had a chip in their brain and the chip oh yeah, spoilers for that game. It's it's it, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. So what had happened was they had the chip in their brain and then the chip itself the chip itself decided to like you know have its own consciousness and so whoever had the chip in their brain and got a virus from that chip so it's not a virus it's more of a different consciousness of the chip right and they took over like the entire body and it happened throughout the entire game to like everybody who tried to get information from certain things Hmm. that's horrifying i'm pretty sure they're just going to put these chips in our brain so the government can control us i Um, that could be a possibility um my biggest fear right now is that we do get this chip it malfunctions in some way shape or form and i feel like because on the test rats two of them have um like they've successfully accepted the implant 
other the other three i want to say there was five rats so the other three uh the chips have fell off so there's just floating pieces of metal in their heads i feel like that's not necessarily good for their brains yeah i don't think so either um okay well that's definitely very interesting and while it does seem to be in the future i guess i kind of hope it's farther away than my life yeah i think it needs some more development before yeah, we actually testing. put a, a piece of metal in my head you know yeah. uh, all right well thank you ricky again for joining us thank you ricky again for joining us um that was a very interesting and yet kind of disturbing topic um and we're gonna transition into something a little more fun and interesting and a little confusing some dinosaur penguins zoe do you think you could tell us a little bit more about that Yes, I can. Um, so this is not entirely media related, but it's tech related and it's awesome. So I'm going to share it with you anyway. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the headline and I'm going to let you sit with it for just a second. Okay. So it says, life-size robo-dinosaur in ostrich backpack hint at how first birds got off the ground. Wow. So there you go. Okay. Ostrich backpack. Is that a backpack that looks like an ostrich okay <laughs> so the article is about proto wings and trying to understand how the first p birds dinosaurs started flying and so the ostrich backpack which is the part that i was most confused about because i was pretty sure it was going to be like a backpack for the ro robot and maybe it was like shaped in an ostrich okay, okay but there's so they made a robot that is like this dinosaur, and I think I have the name here. It's called Cadipteris. Okay. Sure, that's Ooh. pronounced right. No, that right. sounds exactly right. Um, and so they have a robot that's shaped like that guy and who has proto wings, and it was just, like, recently discovered, I think. And then... Um, <laughs> and so they made this robot that's shaped like this guy, and then they made a second thing, which is that it's a, it's a pair of wings that they put on an ostrich. Oh, and so it's going to be like a like dolphin tail mixed with Jurassic Park. OK, I see. you. Yeah, I don't know what dolphin tail is like. <laughs> they, a made a, they made a photos. Uh, they made a uh, 3D printed tail for the dolphin. And that's the story of that. OK, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds a lot like that. So they're just going to like strap it onto an ostrich in the hopes that it learns how to fly. Yeah. OK, so here I'll try to like go through this the story of what their thought process was. So they could tell from like the joints of this old dinosaur and like the fossil things just how like runners you can see like where the stress on their joints are that they thought that because of the way the stress was that the wings were moving due to a certain speed these things were running at so they had wings before they were flying right okay, yeah and so they wanted to test out how these wings worked at different speeds and how like maybe the way the wings moved when an ostrich runs uh like show the process of how wings became wings right and so they put it on the ostrich and then they ran it <laughs> so it's just like a robotic pair of wings so they're but, just going for flightless birds now. yes you <laughs> think they're going for them um, but the wings, they're not supposed to fly. They're just like a pair of wings that sit there. And so they put it on there right. and they went and uh, tracked the speed of the ostrich to see if it's at the same speed that they hypothesized would make the wings flap. And they mm. found that it totally did. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So they were like, um, if these old proto wings birds 
were running with these wings that they had. See, I was confused about why they had wings if they weren't using them yeah, as wings. And they had them before they could even fly. They're just falling with style, gliding. Yeah, actually, okay, that's relevant. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. <laughs> it is. I don't know if I got off track a little bit there. But so the reasons they had wings, because I was interested in this, and like why penguins have wings and they can't fly. So I looked it up and... The reason they have wings is because they first developed feathers as a way to, like, tr- draw attention to themselves. So okay. feathers came first before wings. They were just feathers. Okay. So they were, like, a hot accessory. They Yes. Okay. They were. Okay. okay. And so, like, that worked. And then they started growing them on their arms. And then they could put them up in the air. And they were like, that's super cool. We love this. <laughs> and then so their arms with feathers on them became kind of like billboards. And so th- they just got more feathered. Wings are and then, literally just like, ooh, that's hot. Literally, so yes. So you're telling me the first bird to get wings and decided to flap them <laughs> was like, whoa, I can fly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it happened just like that. Um, I think there was probably a little bit of a stage thing that happened. So, like, they got these cool billboards and then... When they were running, the billboards just, like, caught wind. They were like, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they, yes, they, they started using them. I guess they, like, used their muscles, found a way to do it. I don't know the process of, like, deciding, I'm going to use these billboards <laughs> on my arms. Once, once, the, once they get flapping in the wind, they're like, that's hot. I want more of them. So they start putting more effort into it so that they look better while it flies behind them. And then all of a sudden, they're in the air and very confused. <laughs> yes. So, I love that idea. I love it. So back on the tech... So what's the progression on that? The tech? Uh, oh, boy. I They just said that it worked. And okay. then their hypothesis was, like, s- set, and, so, like, people agreed on it. People were a little confused. It's like, uh, an ostrich isn't a dinosaur, so, like, that doesn't really prove anything. So um, not wrong. So is there any negative things on it? Negative? I don't think so. I, think I mean, you're just trying to get a flightless bird to fly, I guess. Do you think they're gonna progress with it like do you think they want to like i know that they finished this and it worked do you think they want to try and make the ostrich fly not emu right ostrich Uh, it's ostrich that they use so i don't think they are going to because then they have these other studies into birds and found that um like birds that don't fly shouldn't fly because it's too much stress on them and like evolutionarily evolutionarily they decided we don't want these wings anymore and that's how that worked out. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, thank you for all the listeners. And hope everybody has a beautiful rest of the day on Wednesday the 15th. Yeah, thank you for joining us here on the MCBS podcast. <laughs>